seven breweries in seven days. That's what we're bringing you here this week on Tap In Geek Out. Extremely lucky to have Melvin Brewery come join us on the show. If you live in Colorado or in Wyoming, I guarantee you, you've had Melvin beer. It's all over the place, and it's absolutely delicious. Travis came over in one of the most hilarious onesies we've ever seen and sat down with us and talked about his beer. What did you think about this interview, Doug? We learned some really cool things about our neighbors to the north and the endeavors, not only in beer, but in community outreach, I guess is a way you would put it, and bringing jobs to small Wyoming towns, all the while making some damn tasty beer along the way. And if you were at GABF, no doubt you saw the absolute party going around the Melvin bus the entire weekend. So enjoy the interview with Travis. We really dug the barrel-aged ruckus. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that this uh, Imperial Stout is the reason that the bus was so crazy. Coming in at 10%, it is a beer that you do not take lightly. So sit back and enjoy Melvin Brewing. Travis Cook from Melvin Brewing. And that's in Alpine, Wyoming? Yes, yeah. So we started up in Jackson, uh, Jackson Hole area, Wyoming, uh, right downtown in a small brew pub. And then uh, in 2016, we basically completed a production facility in Alpine, which is about 40 minutes, 45 minutes south of Jackson. You guys kind of hit the scene, at least again here in Colorado. It seemed like one day I'd never heard of you. The next day there was one beer on the shelf. And then next month, there was six beers on the shelf. Yeah. It's crazy to think it. It was really only two and a half years ago. Uh, it seems like it's been forever, you know. I think we hit the market at the right time. And we were bringing some unique IPAs that had had some success at the Beer Fest. And I think the branding, the artwork, everything just kind of spoke to people a little bit with it. So, yeah. Colorado's actually become our number one market up to this point. So You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, Wyoming, there's just not a lot of people there. You know, we get tons of support in Wyoming and uh, we love the locals. And like I said, they give us tons of support. Just turns out it's the least populated state in the union. <laughs> Is there a craft brew scene in Wyoming besides what that, you guys I mean, are doing? There, there's a, a growing craft brew scene for sure. Um, Snake River was definitely the first, I would say, from oh, Wyoming okay. to, to make some waves. And, you know, they're out of Jackson as well. So they definitely laid some of the foundation. Uh, Big Sky Brewing in Montana you know, also not very far away. So, um, you know, they kind of brought some of the craft beer scene 20 years ago-ish, you know, um, to the table. But it was very slow developing. And now you're starting to see more places start to do some things. And the little towns that dotted throughout Wyoming, which are usually spread out pretty far apart. So Before I did research, I assumed you guys were a Colorado brewery because of how much Melvin I see at every single liquor store that I go to. So how do you go that far in two and a half years? You're blowing my mind with that. I thought you guys had been around for a decade. We started the, the brew pub in 2010 uh, when we really first started brewing beer. So about eight years. But we were always brewing on a three barrel system. It was only available at the brew pub in Jackson. 
Uh, and then, like I said, at the end of 2015, we finished our production facility and uh, we scaled things up from three barrels to a 30 barrel brew system. So pretty huge jump there production wise. And so we narrowed in on Idaho, Washington and Colorado as kind of the three markets closest to us that made the most sense. Uh, to start shipping some beer to, and then we've slowly added a, a couple others as well. And you've been there from the beginning, it sounds like. Yeah, I was there right right as we kind of scaled things up. I, I knew uh, the founder, Jeremy, um, from a few years prior when it was still just the brew pub, and as he was looking to, to grow it and build more of a sales and marketing team, I was kind of the first hire. Which of those beers in that long list do we get to thank you for? I can't take any credit for the brewing, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, a lot of the can copy, the names of the beers, things like that. I've had a lot of hand in some of that. So, Which, like you pointed out, it's absolutely part of what makes you guys unique. Yeah. You guys bring a really unique presence to <laughs> GABF. I've been yes. coming for a few years, and it seems like the level gets raised every year. I think last year you guys were outside. Yes. In the bus, and now the bus has magically appeared inside the (laughs) festival hall. Yeah, so the bus has been a unique part of Melvin from the beginning. Our founder, Jeremy, kind of has this uh, love of unique vehicles, I would say. So he picked it up in Southern California, actually. It was a Border Patrol vehicle and got it in an auction and kind of decked it out the way he wanted to, built some taps into the side of it, and it became, <laughs> it became this thing in Jackson. The, you know, we would take it in parades and, and things like that, and pretty much everywhere we go, it just brought a smile to people's face, you know? and that's really what we're trying to do as a brewery is just give people a fun experience. You know? like, it, there's so many breweries out there, and there's so many great beers out there. A lot, a lot of times people need a reason to connect to something, and you know, we don't want to be known as we, – we take – pride in our beers and we feel that they're world-class beers but we're not trying to take it too seriously we're not trying to be pretentious with it we just want to have a good time and give people an experience that they'll remember and, and take home you know the next time so um it was actually 2016 we decided to get the bus and put some speakers up on top and we rolled around the convention center shooting off some t-shirt guns and that kind of created a buzz of its own and uh the following year, we just approached the Brewers Association and we said, you know, I know there's end caps. Like, can we just make the bus an end cap? <laughs> <laughs> and, and apparently uh, they, they said yes. Yeah, they were uh, great. And, uh, they, you know, they were happy to oblige. And, you know, it was kind of a work in progress to see how it would fit. And, you know, we've tweaked things slightly this year, but it's kind of back to the same. So. The whole fest is a giant party. But when I walked in last night, there was the Melvin party. I mean, you guys had a DJ. Yes. You guys had girls twerking around that you didn't hire. They just were happy to do it because that's how big of a show you guys had going on. How good does that feel as a brewer to know that like there was no doubt where you guys were last night? In fact, we didn't have to look at the map. We looked at the map to find our other breweries. We're like, oh, Melvin is right there. <laughs> yeah, you heard the bass. We did. And the <laughs> elephant playing the saxophone. Well, you know, like I said, from the beginning, being in Jackson is a pretty unique place and it's sort of a stuffy town in some regards. We always wanted to sort of be the fun place where service industry people and ski bums and people had a place to go where they could kind of let loose and just have a good time and, and not, you know, spend too much money and sip wine with pinkies up, you know. So we, we, we tried to bring a little different experience from the beginning and uh, hip hop music's kind of always been a big part of the thing there it was just the confidence, the attitude, 
growing up on the music ourselves, growing up in the, the 80s and 90s. And so we kind of air towards the pre-2000 hip hop. It always seems to resonate with people, you know, and it, it always brings the party. So we've kind of continued that from the pub to everywhere we go, every event we do. We just, like I said, try to bring the fun. I, for one, loved walking up last night to Wu-Tang playing and getting <laughs> yes. a couple of beers. I also think all of the best hip-hop was before 2000s. You've got me sold on that. Great. Yeah, I mean, there's still great hip-hop coming out. and we, we still like some of the modern stuff as well, but we definitely air towards the early 90s hip-hop. And at the Brew Pub, too, we've always had Kung Fu on the TVs because we just thought it would be something different rather than walking into the the same bar and seeing the same sports game over and over again. You, you come in and you're like, why are they playing 70s Kung Fu? Like, it's bizarre. Uh, and then, you know, Kung Fu led into Wu-Tang with the hip hop and it all just kind of was a match made in heaven. So Now, I'm also a big 70s Kung Fu fan. So do you pick from a list of movies or, or kind of share oh, yeah. with me some of your favorites? We have a pretty large database. We have about 300 old school Kung Fu films that we can pull from and randomly stream um, on our TVs at the pubs. We're big Gordon Liu fans. So, you know, it's kind of stereotypical, but Shaolin versus Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers, of course, where all that came from. Uh, Sonny Chiba, like Street Fighter. Sister Street Fighter, one yeah. One of my favorites. Um, the Flying Guillotine, too. That one, uh, I'm, I'm blanking great. on the exact title right now, but the, the Flying Guillotine is another one. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I like that meshing because beer is cool and beer will always be cool. But you add Kung Fu to that. You add some <laughs> some hip hop to that. Then you have a party. And it seems like going back to what you originally said, that's kind of your goal at Melbourne, right? Is for everyone to be having a good time. Right. And it's fun to watch. You know, there's a lot of action. There's a lot of kind of hidden comedy in there and just cheesiness overall. That's when you're drunk. It's fun to watch. Right. <laughs> Where are you guys at size-wise these days? Uh, we did about 20,000 barrels last year. We're about on pace to do 25 or 26 this year. Nice. Yeah. And what about headcount? It's growing like all, every day, you know. Um, it's kind of hard to quantify sometimes with, with the different levels, but I would say 100 plus. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You guys are growing quickly, and you've somehow managed to attract... <laughs> all of the fans of the kung fu and yeah and everything that you were just talking about i was trying to piece through that together in my head it's like the least populated state of the union and yet all these people with these specific interests uh, yeah. all happen to work in the same place to touch on what you've said a little before that i think uh is, is kind of cool to point out when we built the production facility in alpine 40 minutes down the road from jackson uh we actually received a loan from the town of alpine was one of the worst employment numbers of anywhere in the area and they were looking for businesses to come to the town to create jobs um, so they essentially gave us an interest-free loan which is nice yeah uh, we have to pay it back over five years and then we had to create 35 jobs in five years which doesn't sound like a lot but when you're a town of 700 people it's pretty significant yeah. well we've already created 55 plus jobs in about two and a half years Win-win. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. That is a great story. Yeah. So it's cool to kind of bring something fun to the town as well. And plus, I mean, what you guys are putting into the town, I imagine you're seeing coming back to the brewery. We're sort of creating a destination. It's a gorgeous place surrounded by mountains. The Snake River feeds the Palisade Reservoir right there. You know, there's all types of outdoor activities everywhere. And um, 
just giving people a little extra reason to go if they're beer fans. And we're, we're starting to see that more and more where we get people from around the country that literally came to that area to, to check out our brewery. Well, so. you're making me want a road trip. How far is the trip from here? I'd love <laughs> to sit great. down and watch some Kung Fu movies with yeah, you. It's about an eight and a half hour drive. Okay. That's but, not, uh, that's not horrible. It's doable for sure. I can get you there in seven. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> Frontier's been doing really cheap flights uh, from Denver to Jackson recently too on like Tuesdays and Thursdays. FYI. Oh, so gorgeous up there too. You're the fourth brewer that we've talked to tonight. You're also the fourth person to use the word destination when it comes yeah. to uh, what you're trying to create, it seems like that's a really big deal to the community as a whole. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it kind of all plays into the same idea. It's like with more and more breweries out there, you kind of have to create your identity and give people a reason to come and check you out. And especially when you're in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> you have to give people a reason to come. So, you know, we've, we've tried to do that with the quality of the beers and just the overall experience. Have I asked you about what you're wearing? Because I know this is a, an audio <laughs> podcast. If you, if you didn't, I was about to. So, <laughs> so this is the uh, two by four onesie. Our double IPA two by four was one of the first beers that kind of put us on the map. It won the gold medal in 2012 at Great American Beer Fest for Imperial IPA. Phenomenal uh, beer. And so each one of our beers kind of has a character that correlates to the beer. Uh, so he's made out of two by fours, and he has the tool belts and the saw and. At some point, we just thought it would be fun to get onesies printed with it, and um, it definitely draws some looks, that's for sure. And yeah, that's kind of become part of Beer Fest, too, is like the random costumes, right? So It really right? has. Like <laughs> over the last like two years in particular, it's really ramped up. Yeah. I think we might be able to credit or blame <laughs> Melvin Maybe, for that to I some mean, extent. We, we, credit. There, there were definitely people wearing some bizarre costumes before us, I would say. But <laughs> yeah, we thought it'd be funny to get some onesies. Uh, another fun fact of that, we wanted to get like 20 printed for our crew and uh, they said the minimum order was 200. So <laughs> we had to kind of bite the bullet and order 200. Um, so they are available on our website. Oh, nice. <laughs> that was actually going to be my next question is like for those people out there who want to cosplay as one of your beer artwork characters mm -hmm. they can live their dream right it's very comfortable too you guys have come a long way in a short amount of time i'm wondering if you could maybe give me a peek behind the curtain what's coming up i can see the wheels turning over there man you've yeah. got tons of ideas you <laughs> haven't implemented yet can you share any of those with yeah, us yeah i mean we're beer lovers you know from the get-go and we, we all love uh different styles of beer and we, we like experimenting and, and executing all different forms of beer we were definitely known for IPA and hop forward beers when we hit the market. So we definitely ran with that pretty hard. And, you know, we have Hubert, our Hoppy Pale Ale, Melvin IPA, 2x4 Double IPA. We, we released a series of six Imperial IPAs that we rotate through throughout the year. Um, we were pouring Chuck Morris and Asterisk here this week. Those are two of the ones that we rotate through. So we've obviously been very hop forward. We're eventually going to branch out a little bit from that. We've, we've started to do some barrel aging, um, particularly stouts and uh, quads, barley wines, bigger styles like that. Um, we're pouring our port barrel aged ruckus this weekend, which is a uh, imperial stout that we did in port barrels for about a year. Um, so, you know, start to do a little more of the barrel aged stuff as well as branching out. Uh, we have some plans in the works that aren't finalized yet to build a sour facility as well, where we would, we would do some barrel aged sours, but that would be a whole nother facility from our current production facility. So continue to diversify and uh, continue to try to give some people some new beers to check out and, and give them 
something to just refresh them about Melvin. Anything else you want to pimp or plug or shout out? <laughs> uh, not necessarily. No, I, the week's almost over at this point. So all our events are, are done or else I would be plugging those. But uh, we had a great time with them. So, yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> really glad to see you guys here again this year. Uh, really glad that you were able to sit down and talk with us. Uh, I think the impact that your breweries had not only on the Denver bear scene, the Colorado bear scene, but on the festival in general is amazing. Uh, almost as amazing as the impact that you're having in Alpine with the jobs. That's awesome. And I just wanted to thank you for all of that. Well, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you guys having us on and uh, always a pleasure to talk beer.